Might as well get started. That's what starts are for. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Carney and Dave. Hello, Carney. Well, hello. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Doing well. Excellent. Sorry, Carney. I didn't ask you how you were doing. How are you doing? Terrible. Oh, my gosh. Not What's going on? ignored by my friends. They don't ask me how oh, I feel. Oh, no. It's so sad. <laughs> have, you, have you considered therapy? <laughs> I'll probably need it after spending years with you guys. <laughs> well, I definitely need it. <laughs> so you had a you had a, a a a tree removal this week, Carney? Is that correct? Well, not it had somebody coming out to do a quote on removing a tree, which was surprisingly reasonable. Some trimming of a tree in front and the removal of a dead tree for fifteen hundred bucks. Hmm. You know, which is how big is a tree? It's pretty big. It's, I mean, I'm terrible about judging these things, but it's way taller than the top of the house, and its okay. base is way down below the basement level. So I'm sure. going to say 40 to 50 feet. <laughs> oh wow, that's a that's a ginormous tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, probably. Well, I don't know. I'm how big? How many stories does your house have? A three. Okay, so your house is probably at least 30, 35 feet tall. Yeah, that's what I'm figuring, and it's taller than that. So, yeah. In fact, the, tr- the the trunk without any limbs goes up to the roof level, so it's it's got to be at least forty feet. Yeah, that's a big. That, in, in my world, that's a big tree. Yeah, well, it's so. it's, it's deader than a doornail now, so yeah. it's got to come before it decides to self remove. <laughs> yeah, I don't think fifteen hundred's that that unreasonable, actually. Is no. it now? Is it in a weird place or something like that? Or? Well, not a weird place, but I. It is down a slope from the street, and we have a narrow frontage on our house. So, you know, I was thinking that, you know, it would be difficult. But apparently the fact that it's dead makes things easier. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? I don't know. Huh. <laughs> but you look at it and say, oh, it's dead. That should make it, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> They can just shake it and it falls apart. <laughs> Maybe. As long as they're insured, I'm good. Did they did they ask you if you cared about your roof? <laughs> they're insured. I don't oh, care. Okay. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> it's time for a new roof anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They, they burn it down. The, the fence goes. Great. I get a new fence. <laughs> Great. <laughs> which, speaking of which, we've also got a... We don't actually have a fence, but the back of our property is the uh, subdivision line. And there's a communal fence back there, and we're responsible for the chunk of it that's on our property. Okay. And parts of it need to be, well, it, it's old and it's falling apart. So we sure. had some people out, to, and that's going to actually be more expensive than the tree removal. Oh, sure. Well, they're making something instead of destroying something. Is it electric? <laughs> uh, no, no, there's a there's a thought. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that. Keep those neighbors uh, off of your part of the shared property. Yeah, I was thinking barbed wire and concertina, but Ooh, you know, sure. electricity is good too. Maybe you could take that tree and kind of convert it into like a watchtower and put a spotlight up there, and you could have like a concentration no, no, camp no, 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 going. No, no, no. We want infrared. Oh, there you so go. So we can spot them without knowing and shoot them. <laughs> and you could also go after all the critters. No, the critters I'm okay with. Oh, okay, yeah. Isn't it just like a strip mall behind where you are at? Um, no, d- behind us is uh, actually a hotel, a, a Holiday Inn. And there's, there's a green space and then the Holiday Inn. Oh, okay. Does that, that's, that sounds interesting. Do you ever, does that ever lead to 
anything in any interesting stories about people coming over from the holiday inn no because parties or anything the, the, with the green space and the oh, okay. barbed wire, uh, not barbed wire, the green space and the poison <laughs> ivy. The future barbed wire. Oh, and poison ivy. That's good. Yeah, the poison <laughs> ivy is, you know, th- that deals, you know, it doesn't deal with them immediately, but yeah. The, the, the <laughs> but they remember. <laughs> yeah, th- there's a serious disincentive. Right. Yeah, if somebody's wandering over at one in the morning, they're probably not paying attention to whether there's <laughs> poison not. ivy or not. <laughs> Yeah. They're probably not paying attention to it immediately, but the space is enough that by the time you get from the the Holiday Inn side to the My Property side, I'm pretty sure the itching has already started. <laughs> Do you guys think you could identify Poison Ivy by sight? You mean as opposed from the Poison Sumac that's back there? No. Sure, sure. But I, I know the green glossy look that says, uh-huh. don't go near it. <laughs> don't lick this? Yeah. yeah. There's also something with thorns back there. It's probably feral blackberries or something. I don't know what it is. I don't go back there and inventory the wildlife <laughs> or the fauna. I mean, the flora. <laughs> now, Dave, you probably can identify all sorts of different plants, can't you, with your... No, I... Oh, really? I was forced to take botany for my biology degree. Yeah. Which made me despise it like, you know... Like <laughs> You know, you have to take a foreign language. Well, I hate all the foreign languages then. So, you know, just, <laughs> I see. Not 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 a bit of rebellious streak in you. <laughs> so no, I I my wife is constantly yeah, when we're up at our property. You know, hey, that's so uh, careful. There's poison ivy over there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll avoid that. Yeah. I think I was I was I was a Boy Scout uh, as you know Dave I don't know if you knew that Carney but as Boy Scout and uh, we learned all this stuff but I have there's no way right now I couldn't yeah, tell Cub Scout and Boy Scout myself yeah. I couldn't tell it's yeah. green and it grows <laughs> yeah, yeah I couldn't tell my... yeah I couldn't tell the difference between poison ivy and Wrigley Field ivy you know it's just kind of like okay well whatever. Just put put shoes and socks on and wear long yeah. pants. That's well, that's the thing is that poison ivy. I could I at least have a general notion of what there's a whole class of plants that probably includes lots of innocent plants, but that have a general look that I associate with. Don't run a lawnmower over it, which is <laughs> my introduction to poison ivy, and that really uh-huh. applied a lesson that kind of stuck. It's like a rattlesnake. You know, you may have never <laughs> seen a rattlesnake before, but once once you <laughs> run into a rattlesnake, yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure I know what one looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may confuse a lot of other snakes with it, but you'll never you'll never think something isn't a rattlesnake that is. So you mentioned poison sumac. Uh, is that itchy as well? Is that kind of the same uh, mode of action on the? I I the honestly do, I, I poison oak poison. Sumac. I'm not sure if they're the same thing. There's there's poison ivy and there's other stuff back there that's bad to roll in and rub all over your <laughs> privates. Beyond that, I don't want wait, to. Know. Wait a minute. Nor- so, but normally you'd be all over. You'd be. <laughs> You're rubbing or rubbing things in your privates. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like if you go visit a wheat field, you're just gonna like, oh, well, no, here we go. It's it's almost the same thing. It's called running a lawnmower over it, oh, I which see. atomizes it and basically Wait. disperses it in the air like a mist. Okay, I need to, we need to talk about your personal protective equipment when you're lawn mowing. If you're getting stuff in your privates, it's called shorts. Up until the, oh, I found the boys, whoa. I mean, it's shorts and t- and tennis shoes. I mean, I didn't need anything else. You know, you're sitting there pushing on da da da. Mm. and then about 10 minutes later it's like hmm i itch 
all over. <laughs> Where, where's the calamine lotion? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you, know, you start breaking out. You start looking like a red leopard or something. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave, do you uh, do you? What do you mow the lawn in? Do you wear shorts when you mow the lawn? Oh, it depends. I I usually do, but mm-hmm. um, you know, mosquitoes are are the thing that makes me change my mind sometimes so yeah. i mean you know when it gets to be 100 degrees outside and you're gonna sweat whether you're wearing shorts or that's right pants so so you're not concerned about rocks or twigs or anything puncturing your lower legs well i'm trying to figure out what kind of a mower carney uses because the stuff that he's describing doesn't line up with anything i'm familiar with and for a city dweller do you have a do you, do you have a do you have a gas powered mower? Well, this or? was this was this was twenty years ago. I mean, we've had people taking care of the lawn since my 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 bathing in in poison <laughs> ivy juice. But <laughs> <laughs> what I had was a, a standard. Well, I wouldn't say standard. I mean, it was a nice gas powered lawn mower. You could hook, put all the attachments, but I just generally mulch stuff and oh, yeah. let it spew out in the. And that's the thing. I'm running along and it's spewing it out the sideboard. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's not like it actually. I stood in front of the exhaust or the outlet or whatever and got coated in clippings. But there's enough of it. Apparently, makes it in the air that if you 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 mow enough poison ivy, you might as well have just used it mm-hmm. as a lotion. So now my mower has a little cap thing on it when I go into mulch mode, which I always do mulch mode because I'm not bagging my grass, for God's well, sakes. But yeah, neither am I. Um, this, I. This just had an open like side thing. Sure. Maybe, maybe it had. If it, if it had some kind of cap thing, I didn't. I didn't apply it. Probably I just. Yeah. I mean, they they all kind of come with a a little spewer that you can usually hook the bag onto, or mm-hmm. I guess if you want to, you can shoot it out the side. That's what I did, yeah. Yeah, so you just shot it out the side. Yeah, mine. Mine. I think it. I. Cl- I think if you cap that up, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you cap that up, it just kind of, it goes around a few more times and makes even smaller pieces of grass. Well, that's 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 the general principle, and yeah, that works actually pretty well if you're mowing it often enough, and you get enough moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're so dry during July and August and September here. I usually bag it just so it doesn't oh, build up in the lawn. Oh, sure, because it wouldn't start, yeah, it wouldn't decay at all if it's that yeah. dry. You just end up with a big junk, a big bunch of junk on the top of the grass, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and we use the mulch for gardening or you sure. know, various things. So it's, bagging is only a small hassle. Do you guys, are you guys active mulchers? Or I mean, not mulchers, but... Uh, <laughs> Recyclers? Well, no, what's the... What you do? Composting. Composting, yeah, compo- thank you. Uh-huh. I could, wow, totally drew... I was trying to figure out where you were heading with that. Well, welcome to the podcast where we forget how to say words. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Composters. My wife is a big composter. We've got one of those big giant black barrels in the back where we stick food in there and then we stick some grass and leaves and turn it every so often. Then you shoot the raccoons. And yeah. put their bodies in well, there as a warning to the others. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> she uses it to, she spreads it on the garden and stuff, and I suppose it, it helps, although I, I can't imagine that we're putting, I can't imagine that we're pulling so many vegetables out of our garden that it really is that nutrient poor, but, you know, it makes us feel better, I guess. Do you guys do any composting? Crickets. We'll let Carney go quickly because he'll just say no. <laughs> I thought that was just a given. <laughs> <I> just, my, 
<laughs> you know, if you're not taking care of your Do I need to grass, have another rant about poison ivy? There's a reason I don't have a garden. <laughs> <laughs> I met the wildlife and it won. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's hear your your uh, composting stories. Well, not much for a story. But yeah, we compost just about everything that you're supposed to, and then maybe a few things you're not. So, so how much how much volume of? I mean, what's the? Do you have like buckets, bins, tubs, tumblers? What do you What do you got? Oh well, we've tried various things throughout the year, the years. Um, right now, we just I think we have like their two and a half gallon buckets that we fill and keep a lid on it, and and basically the idea is to let it fill up and then move it off to the side with the lid still on. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you just let it sit there until it gets so nasty that even a rat <laughs> wouldn't be interested in eating it. <laughs> and then we have a we have an a open-top barrel-type thing. You okay. pour it in there. So you got this bucket, and then you take the lid off, and you're like, holy shit, and then you pour it into a different bucket? Or a different... A- an open-top uh, rectangular. You can just think of it as a barrel. It's, okay. It's, All right. It's just, it's just a barrel. To you put stuff in the top and pull it out from the bottom? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, but I, 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 wait, I leave it in the small bucket until it's nasty enough that you don't attract things that are, in, you know, we don't have any problems with raccoons or rats or anything getting into the open-top thing because everything in there is super nasty. It's gross. <laughs> Well, there's got to be bugs and stuff. I mean, oh yeah, there's. All, that's 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 all good. I if 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 our compost bin was a source of mosquitoes, I would rethink everything. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other bug that really concerns me too much. And then, uh, the, how long do you have to? How what's the time frame in in the in the Texas uh, weather for composting? Well, see, that's the other thing. I don't know that we ever actually do what's what I would consider to be true composting. True composting, in my mind, is you got a pile big enough or of just the right mixture and content that the interior of it actually heats up oh, so yeah. warm that it kills off bacteria, kills off, kills the uh, the seeds, so they no longer germinate. You know, I don't think we ever get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're so the stuff that's left over, do you just throw it away then, or I mean, or put it in the recycling, or does Norma use it in the garden, or what do you? Yeah, have? so it's not fully composted in the true sense, but but it, yeah, we spread it on the yeah. garden, use it to. Yeah, it'll eventually on. decay, and the nutrients will get in the soil, right? Right, right. But you know, the ni- it'd be nice if it would kill off the seeds from the weeds and so on but it really it's not a big deal to pull a few weeds out of the garden now and then so i mean we have a i mean her garden is crazy small so and that i believe is the title of the show seeds from the weeds doesn't get any better than that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so i mean once once we get to uh the farm we'll probably have a substantial enough pile that the interior will heat up and and then know, it'll catch fire and just then we'll be in one, the see you in the news one, <laughs> one, one step back from uh catching up you know that's part of the whole art slash science of it is you keep it moist enough that it doesn't doesn't start on fire but it's you know so it'll, it'll be a, an experiment does it actually start on fire is it oh it can yes really oh yeah 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 interesting it's a it's a problem you have with silage too right dave Oh, yeah, uh, 
hay, silage, anything that you, you know, hmm. and we would harvest, you know, you, you take alfalfa, you cut it, you bale it up. If you bale it up when it's too moist, you know, you throw all this stuff in a barn and it sits mm-hmm. there and rots over the next year. And sometimes it rots fast enough that, I mean, you'll, you'll see steam c- coming out of it if mm-hmm. you look at the right times. And if we never had a barn fire, but it can absolutely get to that stage. So Wow, that's a that's incredible. That's, I had never realized it could get that hot. Huh, cool. So you just pile up a bunch of junk on the ground, and pretty soon it just burns itself down to the ground, and you make a new pile. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> I think you're not getting in the proper spirit of fate. What? <laughs> so did you guys have, uh, when you were growing up, Dave, did you guys have like a... a a composting regiment or did you have multiple piles or oh no it's it's actually a fair m- bit of work mm-hmm. and i don't think people with children do it because <laughs> <laughs> they're already so tired they're just gonna go lay down <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious i just you know maybe that's not the actual limiting factor but it it it's effort Mm. Oh sure, and now it's a little bit different if you're living in the country because you you can't just like throw all your stuff down the drain and turn on this whirring device and mm-hmm. as- assume that it all went away until it plugs up your pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, and I remember large. I remember visiting the farm and being large garbage fires. I mean, <laughs> don't say that out loud. Well, yeah, but none of that really involved. <laughs> and that was really just for fun, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't like leftover watermelon rinds and corn cobs. That was uh-huh. sticks and twigs and. Yeah. Oh, I remember pretty damn big piles, though. So there's a lot of sticks and twigs. Oh well, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the current approach that uh, my parents use is they just they just walk out into the bean field and give it a heave. Okay, so. Sure. Why not? If it's all which, biodegradable, what the heck? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, which to me seems like potentially more work than actually a compost pile. But again, <laughs> you, you have to take a you have to take yeah. active steps to keep things from like rats and raccoons from bothering oh. it. So my yeah. my approach works just fine in the city. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it uh, translates to the country because maybe raccoons are just fine with completely slimy, nasty. Stuff. Yeah, and the part of the city you're in isn't isn't very dense either. It's, a, it's good suburbia. Well, actually, we are really close to what's called a green belt. So I mean, uh-huh. theoretically, we do have coons, and we, you know, we kill off two or three rats, and then two or three more show up. Um, hmm. It's a, just a, you know, they just love my wife's garden. They're in there eating the green beans. Now they're eating the tomatoes. Um, when, when I had gardens, it was birds that ate everything. But yeah, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, the birds aren't too much of a problem here. And well, and again, she's got twenty years of practice around here. You, you don't let a tomato show up as red, and then a bird won't peck it. Wait, say, say that again. Don't let a bird show up as red. A t- tomato. A tomato. Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the fruit turn red, the birds are after it. Gotcha. I lost a lot of peppers to that. Yep. So, I mean, she's got strategies like, you know, just put a, what do they call those things? Nylon. You you pull a nylon over it as it's going through its, you know, you can either pull it off the 
the vine when it's green, and then it's kind of like you just well, you might as well buy one at the store and get your little baseball from the store instead of all the work. But anyway, you, you, you change its color by putting a nylon over it or something. Or you do pick it a little bit early. Or you just don't raise red tomatoes. Well, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, I mean, they, you know, we, yeah, we they're actually, perfectly good. <clears throat> yeah, and the, the ratio of cherry tomatoes to big tomatoes that we raise is, you know, a hundred cherry tomatoes to every one big one. We don't even try big ones down here oh, much. Oh yeah, it's and just, cherry tomatoes are so much better anyway. No, oh yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the skin ratio gets a little bit overwhelming if you have you know too many. Yeah, I just pop them in my mouth. I'll see. Let's go out to the plant and just eat. Right so anyway, why do you do a hundred to one ratio? <laughs> I mean, you were you were well, going to say something. Big, well, it's just the large tomatoes just don't do well in the heat. Um, oh, really? Here. They don't do well in oh, Texas. Uh, Horribly. Yeah, I, trying to. You know, my wife has really tried for fifteen plus years, and I think we've probably seen like three really nice big tomatoes come in. Okay, I've got different standards. There's something big, very different about the locations because when I was doing the the, granted I was doing tub gardening, not you know in the ground gardening, you know raised bed stuff, and tomatoes was one of the few things I could get good in quantities of. <laughs> oh, we we are we was in raised bed. She has uh, two four by eight plots and one four by four plot, and then some other smaller stuff. But we're it's all all raised bed, okay. Because the, the I mean, the, it partially it's the soil around here, yeah. which is not soil. It's it's just clay. Um, but we can you know we've amended the heck out of it for like I said, fifteen plus years. So the soil is actually pretty decent, but just the the you know I guess the sun beating down on the tomatoes, they just do not, they're just not happy. And once you get to this time of the year and. Do they grow to the right size, or is it just kind of they get mealy, or, or they don't even get big enough? Well, again, the the big ones, there's always something that shows up once it, it gets close. A bird. Mm, uh, right, okay. This year, you know, we're dealing with rats. We only have, I think we we have a pair of them, and then we'll get rid of them in one form or a fashion, and then another pair will show up. There's always... So always rats. <laughs> always a pair of rats, and we know this because we have game cams watching the stuff. And it's every every day I go out and get the film and check it out. And oh look, they're wait, back. Wait, wait a minute. You 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 have game cams that shoot film. Well, I'm using <laughs> film as the uh, the okay. silly the silly term for an SD card. But. Gotcha. So you're not you're not you don't have the Wi-Fi game cards or game cams then, huh? No, those. This was purchased just to kind of see if we would actually use them. Uh-huh. Um, man, Wi-Fi ones are a they're pricey. B you gotta. I, I actually haven't found one that's Wi-Fi. Um, that's reasonably priced, and then those really drain batteries quickly. So uh-huh. then you're going through batteries more quickly, and it's. Yeah. Yeah, and none of them are really that great. Either we we did some we did some time lapse in cornfields and it's they all suck. We ended, <laughs> we ended up just we actually ended up taking a Nikon D seven hundred camera and making a housing for it and <laughs> figuring out a way to run an extension cord out there for a month, and that looked great. But 
Yeah. Those game, yeah, cam- you know, those game cams are suck. <laughs> your, your stand, well, your standards are probably for like commercial use. <laughs> That's I'm correct. Just, <laughs> I'm just looking to see if I can to see two or four beady eyes in which direction, <laughs> which direction they're facing. And uh-huh. oh look, they didn't come over the poison again. Oh look, they didn't come over the poison again. So you don't so you don't go out to the compost barrel and rub it all over your face and get camouflaged up and just hide out there with a BB gun. <laughs> yeah, somehow I see him doing that. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I had a mosquito suit, ooh yeah, I'm I'm I might say because I mean it really does make my wife sad. She she's put on all this time and effort and we're yeah you know, we we're li- we're spending probably I don't know. Forty, fifty dollars a pound for the tomatoes that we harvest. So, <laughs> right. Hmm. Um, I think you could get them FedExed from somewhere for that price. <laughs> you just don't understand, Friday. <laughs> it's like the peppers I got. Uh-huh. You know, they were they were probably the most expensive peppers of all time. <laughs> but damn it, I grew them myself. Well, I understand because in Minnesota, it's all about the fish. So you know, oh god, people yes. spend a lot of money for a pound of walleye. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't pick your pick your ho- uh, hobby. You know, I mean, golf. What do you get out of golf? And that costs a lot of money. Well, that's yeah. any that's any hobby. Right. I mean, right. any hobby. Yeah. And gardening is my wife's hobby, and I try to help her where it makes yeah. sense. So. Yeah. On a different subject, because please, <laughs> you yeah. got a different subject. Well, no, it's just that you know, I'm looking at the timing, and I want. Oh, to, we got we got plenty of time. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead, though. Go ahead, please. No, no, no. No, no, I think we've wrapped up this category <laughs> anyway. Now I'm now I'm dying to know what you want to talk about. No, I was just going to give you an update on the, the Crew Dragon. And oh, good. As yeah. I was reading about it, they're planning on it actually coming back fairly quickly because apparently the deal is that um, they're actually testing its how it handles being parked in space right now. They're doing power-up sequence. <coughs> Excuse me. They're doing power-up sequences every week to check in the the solar cells and everything and Mm -hmm. how it's handling it. And everybody apparently is quite pleased, and apparently they're looking at it coming back in about a month, quickly doing a turnaround on the data and having the next Crew Dragon being launched within them. They're being a little coy, but three to six months. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they want to take a look at the data first. So are the people staying up there or are they going to, are both of them coming back? Both of them are coming back because they're, they're, they're not really trained for space station stuff. They're, um, they're basically crew dragon specialists. Okay. Pilots rather than scientists. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a fair description when you're talking about an astronaut. Oh yeah. I'm sure know. they're highly trained in many, many things. <laughs> right. Exactly. They just don't want to get spindly legs. <laughs> <laughs> how do, how is it? Is, do they have to do anything besides just lots of exercise to, to kind of keep their muscle mass up? I mean, do they take steroids or anything or, you know, I don't really know. Well, that'll be that'll be our update for next week. Yeah, I mean, you can work the muscles, but the bones are impacted too. So I don't know mm-hmm. how you make yourself weigh more. There's <laughs> all kinds of stuff that goes on with zero G that you know, it's it's not good for you over the long term. That's for yeah. sure. Sooner or later, we're going to have to go with a 2001 spinning wheel kind of arrangement if we're serious about space. I'm kind of surprised they don't do that with the current space station, but I suppose it's too small for that, huh? It's too small, and the, the there's a lot of engineering that nobody's quite figured out yet how to do in space with the limited people and 
lift capacity we've got. I mean, a minimum, a minimum size for a spinning thing to do any good would be about 100 meters in diameter, which is, which is you know, if you, you took the outer rim of it and laid it flat, that's something that's 1,000 feet long. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, and that would only give you a sixth of a gravity, one moon gravity, basically. Hmm. So to to get Earth-like gravity, about the the smallest you can ha- talk about is something that's, well, if I'm remembering right, 450 <clears throat> meters in diameter, which would be, you know, well, that's, that's close enough to a th- sixth of a mile that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's. It's a long, long ways in diameter. <laughs> so how long can you stay up there? Because what people have been up, like what, like Christina Koch wasn't she up there for like a year? Yeah, so yearish is about the limit that mm-hmm. they've gotten people, and they're they're so weak they can't even move when they come back. You know, so mm-hmm. wasn't there a Russian that got stuck up there basically because the Soviet Union was falling apart and when he was <laughs> supposed to come down? Uh, yeah, I can't remember how long he was up there though. I thought that was like a year and a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I, maybe it wasn't as long as I was thinking. Or you um, may be right. I I can't just say one way or the other. But and you know this obviously has other engineering presents other engineering challenges. But you can have a really small circle if it's spinning fast enough. Actually, it turns out that for purposes we're talking about, you really can't. Anything hmm. over two RPM is that. Everybody is in a permanent state of nausea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. seriously. Oh, hold it. The, the, the trained people? Yes, yes. It's, the, the problem is when you start getting up to 2 RPM like that, if, have you ever been in a centrifuge uh, at, the, uh, at the Huntsville Space Flight Center? They've got, mm-hmm. or they used to have, a 3G centrifuge. Yeah. And you're, you're fine as long as you're laying there, but the minute you move your head even a little bit, the whole room starts spinning because of the effect it has on your inner ear. Yeah. And it's really, really pronounced as you start picking up the revs. Yeah, they've got... Oh, go ahead. I don't have, you know, I don't have you know, any data to go on. But for, first of all, yes, I've done the silly silo many times. But <laughs> there's gravity pulling me down and, and then, you know, centrifugal, centrifugal force pulling me out. You'd only, you only have one of those out in space. I'm, I'm really surprised. Or maybe it's just changing directions more frequently. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the spin rate. They, they've yeah. studied this extensively because, well, they really want... Because the, the, what Dave's saying is not a stupid idea at all. That's exactly yeah. what they were thinking. For a Mars mission, one of the f- first things they came up with was basically you have a crew capsule, a length of wire, and a, a power module or something at the other end of it, and you spin it to give some artificial gravity. Right. Well, for any reasonable size, it turns out that you just you just can't you know the people just can't handle it <laughs> so what is the plan for a mars mission then for that are they just like up oh, nope you're just not gonna have any gravity pretty much that's it's it's, it's one of those subjects that just doesn't get discussed much right now mm. you know it's like and don't talk don't look at it don't look at it it'll follow us home <laughs> okay okay sure <laughs> No, you, you, know. just, you just accelerate towards Mars at 1G. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and halfway there, you decelerate at oh, 1G. Right. And right. And then tomorrow, you d- repeat the process to come home. <laughs> yeah, because you'd get to Mars in about a day. Yeah, because that's one how G constant acceleration. Well, all, all, all how would take. you get off the Earth with, with that much fuel, though? <laughs> well, I was going to say, all it takes is uh, a very fusion. large tank of fuel. Or, there we go. Or, or fusion. Or, yeah, or propellant. Sure system that we haven't quite made. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Magic. 
That's what we need to use magic. We've solved the problem. So speaking of magic, uh, what's been good this fortnight for you guys? Carney, I bet you've got one. Oh, bottled up go, and ready you should to go. go to old deer in the headlights first. no I, I'm, give, I'm giving that. him i'm giving him an extra 30 seconds <laughs> i know that's no fair <laughs> you had him dead to rights with surprise <laughs> nope you're up what do you got um finally managed to get netflix to ship me the tenchi muyo disc the first one in the series which is not going to mean anything to you but it's a a um anime from 1993 i think is when it was first yeah anyway it's it's one of the first ones i ever really liked and it got me hooked on the whole anime thing and i'm getting to watch it again so it makes me happy and it's as good as it as i remembered it nice um now do you have what is it um the uh what's the studio that did spirited away and uh oh yes we've had this discussion before uh, it's the Miyazaki movies. Ah, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Hayao Miyazaki right. movies. Apparently, those are now available on uh, HBO Max uh-huh. for the first time ever. The whole, all of his movies, which is, um, and all the movies from that studio. So, <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, it's not a studio that I'm big on. But oh, okay. see, the, I, I'm more into the lighter stuff. This Tenshi Muyo was like really the first big enemy um harem thing it's it's like comedy you know a bunch of girls chasing the protagonist you know he's clueless and you know hilarity ensues kind of thing with space pirates and such thrown in for you know (laughs) variety cool that's cool well mine is very similar uh but i'm gonna save it dave what's you what's been good this fortnight for you okay well first first quick question so it's 1993 was it in color (laughs) <laughs> no, it was the black and white. It changed to color when the whole world went color. Okay. He's stalling. You're stalling. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. I have a really easy one that we oh. did this week. All right, what is um, it? It's really easy. It's my wife. We Our, our uh, anniversary was this week, and we... Uh, okay, we'll let that float by. ...have uh, <laughs> had a very pleasant... I mean, we, we usually celebrate all almost all of our things like birthdays and anniversaries we celebrate for like a week oh not good just a, not just a day oh no so yeah so it's been a punters uh, do it for a day a most excellent week right. what's what's the what's the number of the uh, anniversary um well i go with 22 27 because you know we dated for, <laughs> wait we dated, wait a minute we, what we did we dated for a long time is that the so compost I, anniversary what's the <laughs> I dated for a long time before I got married, so I, I okay. feel like including some of that is important. But it's 22 sure. years of official, recognized by the state. Huh. But yeah, 27 I was about years to say, together. If we go with how long we dated, Roberta and I are way over the 30-year mark. Then. Oh wow! Yep. Well, Zan and I are are approaching six. This year, oh, so. I didn't realize it was that six, long. Not, and not married. Uh, that's together. And then I think oh. we were together for exactly three years before because we got married on the anniversary of our first date. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. Uh, so that's been good. Being married to Zan has been good this week. But I also have a movie recommendation. I really enjoyed the movie Kubu and the Two Strings from 2016, an animated movie. And uh, just a delightful film. Go see it if you haven't seen it. I'll look it up and then decide whether I'm going to see it. (laughs) K-U-B-O and the two strings. When you say go go see it. 
Yeah, that's why. That's why I said you can't really go see it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just checking. Go down to your television, turn it on, and rent it on iTunes okay. or something, or Amazon, wherever you rent movies. The, the idea of sitting in an AMC theater with a mask on for two hours yeah. just does not appeal my, to well, me. Well, they're not even that. open. My wife said, "I've got. I'm, gonna, you, I'm taking tomorrow off," and my wife said, "Hey, let's go see a movie." I'm like, "You realize the movie theaters aren't open, right?" <laughs> How do you so spell depressing. that again? K U B O. Kubo and uh, the two strings. Okay. It's actually a really, it's a stop. It's kind of, a, it's a stop motion animation. Oh, I hate And that. it's, oh, well, all right. Sorry to hear that. But it's a, it's a, it's kind of an innovative stop motion. It was just, it's, it's, it's visually very interesting. Okay. And the story is very sweet and it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Okay. I liked it. Anyway. What, what year is it from? Uh, as I said before, 2016. Oh, he I did totally, say that before. I think, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks for uh, listening to the podcast, everybody. Uh, you can uh, send us an email at dedicatednerds at gmail.com or visit us at dedicatednerds.net. Thanks, Dave and Carney. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you, Rob and Carney.